Hello and welcome to the Cash Goals Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back for another episode of Cash Goals Podcast. Back in the studio today with Chris. All right, Chris? Hello. I mean, I say studio. You're you're in your garage, and I'm in my uh, bedroom upstairs, but we'll call it studios. It's comfy, yeah. It's comfy, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to pick up from the last episode, Chris, and, and I feel like we've kept listeners on edge here because we said we're really looking forward to this podcast and this episode and we've made them wait an extra week which is admittedly my fault because I've, I've been away for a bit so uh, but we're back and we're gonna focus on getting into the crux of planning today so today we're going to talk about budgeting for your future and specifically saving the first few episodes we were kind of laying the foundations about how you know planning the life the life cycle of planning and which we talked about in episode one then inflation and interest rates in the last two episodes so now we're going to focus on things that i guess are more personal and and are relevant to people when it comes to financial planning for themselves yeah so everybody knows that they need to be saving but whether they are saving or not is obviously a very different story so i guess good place to start is why why it's so important to save how to how much you should be saving um so i mean in your in your opinion scott what what's the what's the magic amount when you're talking about saving is there a you know is there an amount that everyone should be saving every month um it's a really good question it's one that it's it's definitely one of the hardest things to work out in terms of how much and and how yeah obviously how often but you know how much you are putting away each each say month there are certain adages or or basic figures that people talk about so there's some people have or some some things you hear is is about a third 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 which is a third on fixed spending or or on your house or, or your living costs a third uh is on saving and then the third is on effectively discretionary spends I mean, that's quite a, a as i said it's a very basic and simplistic way of looking at it and i'll be honest i i've looked at that formula if you like or, or layout and it, and it doesn't personally work for me i can't get that to work but each person will have a different setup and a different situation where perhaps maybe oh those figures are are, are right for them but i mean how, how do you what what's your view chris on how you calculate what you are able to save it's a nice little goal isn't it third a third a third but i think you know a lot of people look at that and say a third of what i'm earning is supposed to be totally discretionary and up for grabs yeah. and it, it doesn't always pan out like that so i guess that's more of a a goal than a yeah. necessarily a rule but for me i guess it's a bit chicken and egg isn't it whether budgeting comes first in that you look at how much you've got left and then that is what you've got potentially to save or do you do it the other way around and say well this is what i want 
to get out of life this is how much I need to save so this is how much I'm going to save obviously if the first part doesn't really work then you haven't got enough money to save you've got a tweakly goals either wait a little bit longer for the thing you want or make some sacrifices I think well you 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 must have done one everyone's got a spreadsheet where they've sat and looked at how much money they're spending on this this and this and how much is is left at the end of the month we've all done one mm-hmm. and I think they're great and you know everyone on the you know Martin Lewis or whatever will give you a little template for a spreadsheet but the only problem with them is they're backwards looking it's it's one thing having a, a note of all the money that you've spent over the last month but if at the end of the month you had nothing left then all you're doing is making a note of the fact that you've got no money the mm-hmm. way to make it work is to have a plan so it's doing that exercise, but also as part of that exercise saying, well, look, this much is going to go towards my long-term goals, my savings, my future. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, Chris. I mean, how do you, because going back to your point, I, I am, I confess, I mean, I love, obviously I love a spreadsheet, loving numbers and everything, but I mean, I have a spreadsheet <laughs> where I've got my what you know what my income is where our household income is and therefore what all of our fixed costs are um but the way i do it personally is i i include a line there for an amount that i want to save or save each month and i the way i do it is i set up a standing order and that goes into my savings now obviously i had to do the exercise of the the fabled spreadsheet to be able to work out okay what can i technically afford but I mean, that's uh, for me. That's how I get it to work. But the point, I guess, and I'll ask you how you do it. But everyone I be have a different way of viewing things. Some people might like that because for me, I feel if I do it that way, I'm more inclined to save. Whereas if I did, okay, I've got all my outgoings and I spend my money, and then whatever's left, I'll save. I feel if I did it that way around, for me personally. I'd save nothing because I'd just be spending more <laughs> because <laughs> I need a way to kind of be a bit more uh, restraining in, in what I'm ha- le- having left to spend on the discretionary stuff. I mean, is that how you budget for you if you're, when you're looking to save? I think that's the only way to do it, really. I mean, there's there's technically, yeah, there are other ways to do things, but you're, you're spot on. If you, if you work on the presumption that I'll see what's left at the end of the month and then I'll save it, then there'll just be nothing left at the end of the month. Yeah. You've got to do it at the start of the month, don't you? And get it siphoned off, get it out of the way, out of sight, so that you mm-hmm. can't spend it. Otherwise, you're just not going to save it. I agree. I think, I think, and and for me, I think when when I've ever done this exercise and tried to go through it, I think for me the hardest bit is it's not necessarily those fixed costs or or the saving bit because okay the fixed cost we can always look maybe we are spending a bit too much relative to what we have coming in and we should cut down here or there on some of those fixed ones but it's for me it's the discretionary spends that are much harder and they naturally are they are harder to properly work out so and again this okay we're not quite talking about saving here but but budgeting is very important because you have to be able to budget properly to be able to therefore save but I mean, I, I think you have a similar uh, setup, Chris. So the way that we work is we have um, the money comes in, our income comes in every month. We put, as I said, some away into um, savings, but then we also have separate bank accounts where that discretionary spending is put into, as I said, a different account. 
and therefore we know what we have left lotted at the end of each month to spend on that amount on that sort of spend if that makes sense i think you do a similar thing is that right yeah i've pretty much just succumbed to the fact that i am a weak-willed individual (laughs) and if there's money there i'm just going to fritter it away yeah so i mean traditionally a lot of people are fine we've got the discipline the self-discipline to just not spend more than they've got i will i'll smash through it all so the way that we do it is you're right we've got a number of different little pots that everything gets siphoned off into and then i even rather than say this is your money for the month i've got one little pot that moves money across into my weekly spends account once a week start of the week it's all automatic so i look in my spending account and that's what i've got for the week and if i pee that all away it doesn't matter because the bills are in one little pot the savings are in another little pot everything's all safe so once that money runs out i know that i've got to wait until next week to start again and it sounds like no more fancy lunches no, exactly. If I do too many lunches, then that's my choice. But at least it doesn't knock everything off track. Yeah. I think in the past, and I think a lot of the big banks are sort of slow to catch on to the importance of tools that can really help people to get around this. You know, a lot of them are set up to, if you want to open up a separate account to stick money in, it's a real pain in the backside. Mm. There's definitely been advancements, though, I think, obviously, with the new the new banks that are that are coming into the market and things like that they have they are making it easier but there's definitely uh, limitations or there's not as much help as you would like and and i guess that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast to try and talk about the ways the way the things that people should maybe consider doing to help them be able to budget more and more uh, budget better and therefore have that additional ability to save yeah my view is just accept you know, if if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I need some savings tips, if you've already got savings and you're already doing well, then this show probably isn't quite for you. I'm more thinking of the people who've tried and failed time and time again. You know, I read a stat the other day, one in 10 Brits have got no savings at all. And I think a third of people who have got savings have got less than 600 quid. And I mean, that's yeah. not a great situation yes. to be in some pretty frightening stats so yes my thought is if you just accept that you're useless at saving um treat yourself like a child put steps in that take away the decisions make it all automatic take it out of your hands then there's a lot less chances for you to make a mistake and to get things wrong because it's our behavior is is nine times out of ten what is (laughs) what is going to stop us from getting where we want to be isn't it Mm. okay so uh, you, you're totally right i agree so, so so what do we think then are we just saying that people should just save therefore for the sake of it or you know do people always need a target when they're saving yeah let's let's co- let's come back to the sort of the the method of saving in a moment and that's a good place to start how much should you have saved i think i don't know about you but i think there's layers and we usually look at this when you're putting together a financial plan is ticking them off one at a time so the first thing that you need and this is what hardly well nowhere near enough people in this country have got is an emergency fund so if 
you know, if the boiler breaks or if you lose your job and it takes a couple of months to find another one, you've got to have a pot of money there that's going to tide you over so that you're not having to rely on loans or credit cards or family or friends to bail you out when things go wrong. And I don't know about you, but I think we are all, I don't know if it's this generation or if it's this country, the way we're educated, but we're all geared up just to spend what comes in and not mm-hmm. save. One of the things that uh, we can, we've got to be careful of is, is something or be mindful of is uh, a mental accounting. What? Mental? Right. Press it. Press it. Where's the Where's the Where's the button? Hit the buzzer. <laughs> Go for it. Financial jargon of the week. I, d- I don't even know what that is, so you're going to have to explain that to me, Scott. Yeah, so mental account. It's a mental accounting is effectively a, a, a bias that we can have as uh, savers or, or as individuals and consumers. It, it, it it's basically um, the process where people kind of categorise their money for different uh different things so you've got a pot of money saying you proportion this element of that pot of money is for you know gas electricity this pot of money is for saving for a home this pot of money is for uh you know paying for future i don't know future time whatever it is i guess where the bias comes in is where um and what we have to be mindful of and it's it probably goes back to why we talk about having different different actual accounts physical accounts themselves is because um you're not you've got you're looking at one pot of money effectively and not categorizing it or doing with it or investing with it the way it should be done properly so it's making sure that we have got and this is one of the reasons why you know we talked about before that we've got a separate account for our discretionary spends and a separate account for you know, we then put the money into for savings into a different account because it makes sure that we can properly effectively section off those those that money for the different things we need it for. So it's just, but but it's easy to fall into a scenario where you start acting irrationally because you're trying to mentally account for all, for this money for all these different pieces and it's not being properly managed or looked after. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. My wife's been guilty of that. You know, there's there's a nice little number in the savings account and she looks at it and goes, ooh, ooh, we better get a holiday booked. And I'm thinking, well, hang on, because the car needs servicing and there's an MOT and, yeah. you know, all this, you don't think of them. And that's that's the trap that we were in before we started splitting everything into pots. Yeah, so it's it's definitely, and this goes, it's definitely something that, for me anyway, as, as I said before, it's the way that I, it helps me be able to properly understand where I'm at not just on a on a day-to-day basis in terms of money available but also on the longer term basis when we are talking about saving for whatever it is that we are saving for as we talked about yeah we said what's the sake of what we're saving for the short-term save the short-term reasons for saving and there's there's typically longer term reasons for saving so in the shorter term i guess when it's shorter term money the first thing that when i was trying to save was trying to build up what we call an emergency fund so an emergency fund is effectively the fund you save for a rainy day so when something big does come up that it isn't you know that isn't expected it doesn't mean it's an absolute you know disaster um they're just they typically be for things that are, are higher one-off expenses that you couldn't 
say a fall out of your just regular income you know for example if, the, if your boiler breaks down and you need to replace it or if you're unable to work for a period of time and okay you might have protection and insurance will come onto them in future shows but if there's a change in income a reduction in income for one reason or another then having that emergency fund is is quite handy so I, I think it's important when you're talking about emergency funds like that to split off that that's not a savings pot when you want to buy a new car. That is, you want you want a minimum amount in that fund, don't you? That's for genuine emergencies, not for, oh, there's a bit in there now, so I'm going to spend some of it. Correct. Yeah, I think it's important to, you really want to set a kind of level and retain, like you said, that minimum level in there at all times. You can then, you know, again, and perhaps this is kind of a mental accounting bias going back to what we said, but you can then use a secondary account perhaps to then use to the for the saving for for a different objective. But we we typically talk, Chris, about when we're talking to clients about how much we should have in that emergency fund, a rainy day fund, if you like. It's typically I would say about what at least a three month, a, sorry, minimum of three months of net earn, net income or three months of uh expenditure is that fair i think three months three to six would be lovely but if you don't have three months sitting in savings job number one before you're worrying about saving for most other things really is has got to be get that safety net built yeah three months three months is a good is a good target so if you haven't got it that's that's your first job. That's the first objective we're going to set you. We're setting assignments. We want to see completed work due in by <laughs> or see me after class. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that's when you talk about what's what what we're saving for. That's that's probably the primary thing to do first. If you haven't got it, is that emergency fund, and then after that, you can kind of look down the line. So as I said, short term versus long term, we talked about briefly. So short-term things might be like you mentioned chris and like we mentioned in the show before saving for a car maybe so that's a that's a short term because it's typically be a couple of years worth of saving um whereas longer term is going to be things like i don't know retirement naturally is, is the first thing that springs to mind for longer term maybe dependent where you are on the cycle of getting onto onto the property ladder it could be a longer term for saving up for a deposit for example um but these are obviously different scenarios and different reasons why you might save and i guess it's important to per, to point out that dependent on the requirement and the how you know whether it's something more shorter term or longer term will probably depend will probably lead you to work out where it should be saved is that fair yeah that's why it's really important to to have those different objectives for that money clear if you need it in the short term, then it's all going to go in cash, isn't it? You're not going to mm-hmm. do anything other than keep it safe. But if you need it longer term, then well, we talked about inflation and the devastating effect that inflation can have over the longer term. It needs to grow. So that's when investing is going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll, t- we'll talk about those in more detail in, you know, in terms of times, you know, term and time horizons and time scales in future shows. But you're right because it's a rule of thumb so we've got an idea how much we want to 
start thinking about saving. And like we said, that emergency fund is definitely number one priority. How do we then go about budgeting? Because, you know, we talked about chicken and egg. I think the budget has got to be the place to start. How much have you got coming in? How much is going out and and building that budget? What would your starting point be? Or what do you know? Not, not your starting point. What do you think is the most important thing about working your budget and making it work for you? I mean, for me personally, it goes back to the point I made earlier where my biggest, or my Achilles heel is always overspending on discretionary things, you know, things that, you know, things that aren't necessarily needed but are wanted. Um, thing, you know, especially in today's world, there's so many, there's so much stuff that we can, we're all overwhelmed by, whether it be in adverts or just walking down the high street or what have you, that just seem I'll just I'll just buy that I'll just get that and you just don't think twice and I think that's the hardest thing to overcome is having that or limiting yourself to how much you can spend on those things it's not saying you I'm not saying okay you can't buy those sort of things anymore because at the end of the day we we all want to be able to enjoy uh you know enjoy those sort of things and enjoy enjoy being able to buy nice clothes or you know whatever it whatever it is that that uh that you get a pleasure out of buying but it's making sure that if we can focus on not overspending on those things or having as we talked about that budget in place that's probably the big the best way to uh give give yourself more ability to save i think so when you were talking about the things that were you know your discretionary spends the things that you want but you don't need when you buy those things do you think that you're saying to yourself yeah i want that or do you think you're convincing yourself yet yeah, i need that <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely yeah I, I definitely need the, the the latest iphone or i definitely need of course um well we i guess we all do that right we're all like ah oh, i do want this but i probably do need it too because i can't be without it so yeah it, it's an easy again it's, it's an easy pitfall and an easy thing to, to to fool yourself into believing but you know we can all be honest and go look i don't need this stuff but it's just we but you have as i said you have to I, I, there are things that i like to buy that i get pleasure out of buying and i you know i don't want to i don't want to limit myself and say i can't have this stuff i can't have anything or spend anything on 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 this discretionary stuff but it's just as I said, it's just making sure that you you are you are setting some sort of ceiling. I think it's about being accountable to yourself and just making you it's really hard to stop yourself doing that because the natural human you know, the default setting is do the thing that gives you pleasure now. Your brain's wired to you know, buy the thing that gives you that rush and makes you feel good. But if you can just put some sort of mechanism in that just makes you pause a little bit and give it some thought, I think that's your best chance of of reassessing the wants versus the needs and how they impact the longer term. It's like the whole POTS approach. If you know that the thing you want costs more than you've got in your discretionary spending pot, you're going to have to take it from another pot to buy that thing. 
And by default, if that pot's got a big label on the front that says mortgage savings or house savings, sorry, or, you know, birthday presents, you've got to make a decision, right, I'm getting less for my wife this Christmas or we're going to take six months more to buy the car or the house because of this thing that I want. And just doing that should at least give you pause for thought to go, actually, is that... You know, is that worth the buzz that I'm going to get for buying it? Yeah. And you might still buy the thing, but at least you've done it with a conscious decision, knowing that you've scuppered yourself. And then you can't say, oh, how did it all happen? At least you know that it's your fault and you know how it happened. It's just easier to live in blissful ignorance, though, Chris. (laughs) That's the thing. Everyone likes to bury their head in the sand, don't they? Yeah. That that's part of the problem, I think, and it's always it, it is especially with saving. I always feel like you talk to people, and it's like I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll start, I'll start whenever, I'll start in a couple of years' time, and it's just like it's it's an easy can to kick down the road because we all just think, oh, we'll be working for however long, and I can save, I'll be earning more in the future, and I'll blah blah blah. But I mean, that isn't to say that isn't true. But yes, you might be earning more in the future, but then you'll probably be spending more in the future. And if you're still not budgeting properly, you're just going, okay, my income's gone up. That saving thing, I'll ignore that. I've got more money coming in now. So I'll just buy even more of those nice things or, you know, move into a house that's got a bigger rent or a bigger mortgage. So it, it is really important to have that mindset. Um, well i say from an early age but you know that mindset earlier on because if you have that mindset earlier on it's not difficult to make adjustments in the future whereas if you can constantly have that viewpoint of i'll just wait you know in a few years time then it's very difficult to go from that to suddenly earning more money and going okay now i need to think about saving without having the feeling or impetus to just go i'll just spend more instead because i've always spent so so all of these points makes sense and, I, and i'm sure that listeners you know listen to this it probably isn't the first time they thought about saving if they're not already but you know there might be some people out there who have tried to save and, and you know it just hasn't worked so i guess the question is chris how do we how do we help listeners get from that not being able to save mindset or situation to being able to start saving yeah good question i think it's all about habits and building good habits because it's easy to just throw it off and say oh well i haven't got any spare money but like we said before about the needs and the wants i guarantee if you go back through everyone who does a budget spreadsheet pretty much finds a little bit of money at the end and says oh theoretically i should have some spare money but it's gone and it's ingraining those habits that's really important making saving a way of life you know just remember this simple little saying save first pay next buy last that's my mantra when i'm working on improving my habits and what i mean by that is when you get paid take the amount you want to save each month you put it into a savings account before you do anything else once your money's saved then you pay your bills most companies will let you put your standing orders any date you want them these days. So I get paid a couple of days later, all my bills come out. And then within two or three days of getting paid, whatever's left 
in my account is my discretionary money because everything's automatically moved everywhere and that is what I've got to spend I know that even if I spend all that and it all goes disastrously wrong it's not knocked me off track mm-hmm. and that's that's the habit to build really yeah I, I that I mean that is a good habit Chris I said that you know reiterating what I said before that's kind of how I work but in theoretically that sounds wonderful and it sounds like oh that's easy now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do that I'm just gonna put some set up a standard order for savings then the rest is gonna be my bills and then whatever's left for discretionary but I guess <laughs> I'm thinking you know my first thought is well isn't there a risk that either you'll not be careful and, and run out of that cash for your discretionary spends and all you'll end up doing is dipping back into that pot you've siphoned off for your savings before the end of the month there is a good chance that you can do that uh, you know this isn't it's not bulletproof it doesn't change the fact that you're responsible for your own destiny but all we're trying to do is make you make more decisions so that you're not sabotaging yourself and if if it happens you know if it's not just because you frittered it away if it's a genuine emergency that's come up whilst you're still saving for your emergency fund so you've had to wipe out your emergency fund you need to get something out of another account the important thing is don't just then give up stick to it stick to the plan it's like when you're having a diet and you know you hurt your legs so you can't exercise and then you have a chocolate bar and then you can't be bothered and then you have a takeaway so you're like right that's it i'm done now how many times have you pigged out after you feel like you've slipped off and then that's it you're over you've got to stick with it and just get back on the horse yeah if i've been i've been very guilty of that i'll be honest it's easy to do you just think i'll oh, just be a little bit naughty and then it's just a you know you spiral down but you're right chris i think going back to what you're saying again speaking from experience it's i i do like i said start of the month my i have money that goes into my savings and then uh, the, there's money left for, for the bills and then the rest, rest is left for discretionary but there have definitely been months where you know i've for one situation or a scenario has come up such that i now need to take back some of that money that i've been say or meant to be for saving to have to pay for whatever it is that's that's come up or sprung up and there's a can always be different reasons but like you said the, the point is is that i do that but i don't suddenly go okay that's that's happened now i should just give up saving and stop the standing order i still make sure that every month for me i've got that money going into that account and yes there will be the month where maybe i have to take a bit back i mean they have you know maybe one or two months has been where i can actually go do you know what there's a bit more left than i thought so i've been able to top up what i've saved which i'll be honest is very rare uh with <laughs> two kids but it's it's important as you said it's just that it's that habitual thing making sure and and making it automatic so you you're it's not for you to have to go okay I'll, I'll move that money now and i'll do that manually because if it's done automatically and and done for you or it's out of your control it it, it will just happen and it's not reliant on you having to remember to do it and that's quite I, for me that's quite important i have that in place so that i don't have to remember and think twice it just does it for me yeah there's a fantastic book if anyone wants to read it called the automatic millionaire by a fellow called david back it really dives into the importance of just making everything automatic taking the decisions out of your hands and it's fantastic it's well worth a read it's, it's like anything if you do the right 
things. If you get into the habit of being good, in inverted commas, 80 or 90% of the time, then the times when you fall off the rails aren't going to aren't gonna scupper you, are they? Mm-hmm. How would you... Yes. How would you do you think there's any tricks to staying motivated when you're when you're saving for something but life's getting in the way? Uh, yes, it's, it's a good question. I think I'm just trying to think what I guess I, when I'm or whatever it is I'm saving for, I think to myself because typically you're saving for a reason. I guess I mean I'm talking more about the short term reason. If you're talking about long term, obviously that is slightly different. But I guess I. The way I stay motivated is just reminding myself, obviously, that I am saving for a reason and the reason is X. So if I don't stay on track and continue to do what, you know, know, continue to save, then X is going to be is not going to be obtainable because I'm going to not have enough money or it's going to or it's going to take far longer to be able to do whatever it is, you know, I'm looking to do. I guess it depends, as I said, significant um, part of this depends on what you're saving for if if my situation was because i'm saving to buy a house well typically you're going to be extremely motivated because you want to be able to buy your own place but if there's other things you're saving for that maybe are that aren't as motivating then i guess that's probably where it's easier to be more flippant about how much and and how you know rigorous you're going to be sticking to the the mentality of saving how about you, Chris? How do you how do you make sure that you stick on stay on the path? Uh, it's, it's more little tricks, really, just the things that just to help egg me on. You know, I you know I'm not recommending them, but I use Monzo, and one of the things I like about them is you can have a number of different savings pots, and you can put a picture on there and call me a millennial, you know, sort of sucker for a, a, a gimmick, but you know, I've got a pot of money, and when I look at that pot of money, right in front of it, pow, there's a picture of my daughter's face, and it's her birthday savings. So we save a couple of quid a month for the birthday pot. But the odds of me going into and raiding that pot to go and buy a new pair of trainers or whatever, when her little face is looking at me, and I know I'm stealing from her birthday fund, it, it definitely helps. You know, picture pic, picture of the house that you love stuck on there, whether it's, you know, whether it's a fancy app, account or whether it's a big pile of money that you've got sitting in the living room if you've got a picture of the thing you want on the front you've got to sort of walk past that push it out of the way to get to the money and it's just another barrier and also when you if you've never really been very good at saving when you do start and when you start to actually see some money accrue that's a rush that's probably more of a rush than spending you're like whoa that's there's a bit of money in there now and it's addictive isn't it you want to you want to just keep adding to it, and you want to see it get bigger. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's definitely been for me when I've on my, my journey of of saving and, and budgeting, and understanding. It has been definitely one thing that is you, you are. You're pre, I think appreciative is is probably a good word. You're appreciative of the fact that you've been able a been able to save, and and like you said, b see the fact that you've built up you know a pot for to use for whatever it is. It's been the plan to spend it on. I think we should dish out a little bit of homework. And I'm not going to give a date to hand it in. You don't have to do any marking. Don't worry. But I think before listeners sit down and make a budget, it's really good to just try and 
get clear in your mind what's really important to you. So I would suggest getting a bit of paper, writing on that bit of paper two headings. First heading, I want you to write down all the things in life that you enjoy now, the things that you want to be able to keep doing. Make a note of how much they cost, what you need to be spending to do that. And then make a list of the things that you're not doing now, but that you would love to be doing now. What are they going to cost? If it's a big lump of money that you need, how much do you need to save? How much is it going to take a month to get to where you want to be at the time period with which you want to be doing the thing? Look at all of your other expenses that you've got. Because when you know the things that are really important to you and you focus your money on those things, there's a good chance you're going to look at a lot of the other things that you're spending on and think, are they really that important? You know, if I take this, this and this out, all of a sudden the thing that I really want to do that I'm not doing becomes more realistic and becomes more achievable. That other stuff, you know, it won't make you any less happy not doing that. And I think that's a really useful exercise to do before you sit and look at your budget. Because if you don't really think about it, all you're going to do is just write down a list of everything you're spending on. And I guarantee everything is going to be important. It's going to be really hard to cut anything. So that is pretty much it. Budget, budgeting and saving. And working out what your priorities really are and how you can use you know, your money and, and your earnings and income to, to move you in, in the direction you want and, and start getting on that road to, to properly saving. As you say, Chris. Save first, pay next, spend last. Make it automatic and things will start turning around, guaranteed. And I reckon we could trademark that and that could make us filthy rich. Yeah, we'll put it on T-shirts with your face. <laughs> If I want one of them, um, we won't be giving those away. <laughs> so we, I guess we, the thing we haven't really talked about though in this is, is saving versus paying off a uh, paying off debt scenario, which we'll we'll, we'll cover in future shows. But because obviously that is something that people have to think about. Because it's all well and good saying I'll just save, but if there is debt there as well, it's you have to really consider it when working out your budget. I think we've got a show lined up just to focus on that because that in itself is a really important thing to to get right. Definitely. So we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's show. If you did, as always, as we say, leave us a review. Five stars would be great. Yes, uh, but we'd also like yeah, we'd also like some comments uh, as well and uh, let us know what you know anything any topics you want us to discuss or. Any questions you might have, as always, the email address is show at cashgoalspodcast.com. And that is pretty much it, I think, Chris. It's been a pleasure. As always. See you all in a couple of weeks. (laughs) 